Right, thanks for checking out this episode of the Thunder Underground Podcast. As always, my name is Trent. As always, my name's Jason. Right, and we are the co-host of the Thunder Underground Podcast, and this episode is part two of our talk with Sid Falk. Yes, Sid Falk, uh, former Overkill. He's an Infectus 13. Uh, he played with Paul Diano in Battlezone, and this is our part two. Yes, so if you haven't listened to part one, it's up there right before this one, episode 22. And this one, I can't remember everything, but I know he gets into a lot more talk about Paul Diano and some more Overkill talk and yeah. some more Infectus, Infectus 13 talk. And uh, yeah, I think we we uh, we asked we asked him how did he end up, you know, in Tulsa from, you know, Denmark. That was a good story. Oh, yeah. So, before we get into that, we <clears throat> want to let you know that, hey, if you have a band and you have an independent band and you want us to play your music, you know, shoot us an email or a message on Facebook or Twitter or whatever. Our email address is thethunderunderground at gmail.com. We'll be more than happy to play your, your music if it's hard rock or heavy metal and it fits the... Yeah. It fits the bill. And it's awesome. Right. We don't want to play it if it's not awesome. Yeah. If it's <laughs> shitty shit, we're not going to play it. So. Right. Well, you can check us out at thethunderunderground.com. Find us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, as well as YouTube. Right now, we've got a video on YouTube with our interview we did with Kyle Gunther from Battlecross. Let's go check that out. That was a good time. Yeah. If you're into thrash and you're not familiar with Battlecross, they're a, a young band. They've got three albums out in the last five or six years and they're all great oh yeah they kick ass yeah so that's a that's a good band to check out if you're listening to the sid interview because you're in the thrash metal which you probably are if you if you're a fan of sid right i would hope yeah what else we got infectus 13 look them up that's sid's new band as we said they're infectus13.com and on facebook infectus band all one word we'll find them in the search and Anything else we need to say before we get into that? Uh, Other than if, hey, if if we need sponsors. Yeah, we do. Yeah, so do. If, if you have a product or a, or even a band or a business or anything and you want us to, to pimp out your stuff, shoot us an email and we'd be happy to do that for you. Uh, for sure. Right. Once again, go back and listen to part one if you haven't yet, and then we'll get into this part two with Sid right now. many weird influences yeah you know everybody's so different They're, our backgrounds are just I mean I don't know you you know Steve Polk you know he's he's a trash head metal head he played Hard Truth cover band and all this that and the other thing Sean Sanders from Bad Guys you know yeah, 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 yeah. like uh, they just did a re- reunion show I mean those are the two guitar players they're have things in common but they're very, very opposite, like I said. To me, Steve is like the old metalhead, the old, you know, early Metallica, Anvil, Raven, that type, you mm-hmm. know. Where Sean, to me, and, and Sean hates me and pisses him off every time I say, he's weirdo metal. Dude, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, you, you, three hits of acid, I, I might get your idea, you know, 
it might make sense to me. <laughs> but you know what's so weird is when he brings shit in, and and so far we there, I think we had six or seven songs, except for two. Well, originally except for one, which was completely my idea. Everything has come from Sean. Enemy at the Gate was Sean's original idea. Now it didn't sound like. He brought it in, he and I jammed around, and we thought we had it good, and uh, we sat on it for a couple of weeks, and I go, no. It's just, just it, it was cool, but now, no. And we, we, he brings shit in that the rest of us would never, ever, ever have thought about, right? It's, it's, it's an inside joke, and it's not really a joke in the mean-spirited way, but if Sean says something, this is cool, the rest of us go, oh, <laughs> Hold on there. <laughs> Stop a little bit bugaroo because we probably going to wear it. Now we're really getting into weirdo metal. But you know what's weird? The shit he does come up with, which as right now is everything except for one song. And then another song that I completely changed that's only got one riff left. But that's besides the point. But what he comes up with is stuff that nobody else in that room or who's part of I-13 none of us would ever have thought of because it's so far from what we're used to <laughs> and that should realistically be a problem right I mean yeah. you're like oh man we're not even talking the same language here but he and I go work on a song I can tell him okay I see potential I know where you th I, I know where you're coming from. I know what you're hearing when you play this said but it's it's so far removed, you know. We're not corn. We're not Primus. We're not any hippity hop fucking thing. <laughs> but let me tell you, if you try and play like this, and we switch this around here, we do this, we do this, we do this. Let's try that. I said we're gonna have something that's gonna be scary, and we do it, and it really works. Yeah. It's it's still something that came out of his mind, but. When we switch it around, I said, you know, you can take one riff and you can have to drum or play six different things to it and you're gonna have the same riff, but six different songs. I said, it's not really about your riff, it's about what we do with it. It's about how you play it, where you pause, where you're aggressive, where do you speed it up, where do you have time and blah. So it's, it's all subtleties, it's, it's all smoke and mirrors. Mm -hmm. And I think Sean, uh, he and I, I probably the two because over the last year we've been the two create creative forces trying to keep this going um, and it's a struggle but he and I he's he's very laid-back quiet little sometimes too quiet right you know especially if Sean doesn't say anything there's a problem <laughs> me dude I'm, I'm like let's drink a cup like Let's drink a pot of coffee and then bounce off the walls and fucking get going. You know, I'm, I'm as I said, I got big shoes on when I'm in the creative city. I'm the, I'm the one that jumps up from the no, fuck you, no, fuck, no, fuck, fuck, shut the fuck up, let's do this, fuck, just shut your fucking mouth type of deal, right? Yeah. Where he's just like, I don't know. Like, Dude, that don't tell me nothing. You, you gotta, you gotta come out and fucking just swing, yeah. throw something, you know. And, and so we have a lot of, we're, we're personality-wise, we're so fucking unbelievably different. But 
when we just sit around, like, if, if he was here right now, he'd shake his head. He'd go, fucking guy, shut the fuck up, dude, already. Come on, you know. And we're, we don't agree much on things musically, which is weird, mm. right? Because I said, except for one side of the last six, seven songs we've done for the album, only one has come completely from my original idea, start to finish. Yeah. And it's some really good shit. It's something I'm, you know, you and and now, what's there right now has been rewritten, re-recorded so many times. <laughs> we spent since February on one song. That to me, it's going to be the opening song. It's a very, very important song. The first song on an album is always the most important, first and the last. Yeah. You know, but I don't. I think I've re-recorded that song drum-wise. 15 times wow which means every time I re-record my drums it's going to be different arrangements it's going to be different things it's going to be subtle different some, some are subtle some all of a sudden that's just a new part every time I, re I go in and re-record my drums that means him and Steve have to re-record all the fucking guitars oh wow right yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. we, we finished re-recording guitars and we're like oh, man this, this is awesome this is just freaking awesome. Let's get it. Let's sit on it for a week. Let's all get a copy, listen to it, sit on it, make sure we did everything we wanted to do. Like, make sure drums are good the way I wanted them. Make sure the guitars you're playing what you wanted, which half the time you're not because I'll tell you what to play. You, you, I give a lot of leeway, but there's certain things I do not want to hear. So, say you playing, make sure you're playing 90% of what you really wanted to play. And call you know be happy about that that I only made you change ten percent blah blah. They're sitting that for a week, and once we know, we'll put it in Dropbox for Andrew to download to Florida and start working on his bass shit. And everybody's like, "Why? You're just gonna come back in three days, want to re-record it?" <laughs> like, no, I think we got it. But ah, what fucking? If you're gonna, you know, we're we're not doing anything else. We're gonna wait, for, you know, because you're gonna come back and want to re-record it. Now this is an ongoing joke. And not so much a joke, but that's why this is taking so long. And I know, I know, like with Jana when she was on, and I and I'll say this: I I asked Jana to be part of this because I think she's one of the biggest raw talents. Not not in Tulsa, not in Oklahoma, just in general. Mm -hmm. And and there's people that disagree. There's people that agree. And again, I don't care. To me, it's, it's, she can do anything any style she wants if mm -hmm. if she does not psych herself out if she doesn't scare herself off a subject she can do anything she can do things with a guitar uh, some of her some of her talent and people are going to say and people have said no I disagree strongly but some of her skills some of her techniques she doesn't even realize how advanced they are Literally, I mean, there's yeah. something where I would say you only hear people like Vi and then Bill Terry, people like that do that shit, and you don't know even she doesn't even know she's doing it. Right? She's uh, she is a very humble person, right? but she's she's also an incredible talent. And I asked her to be part of this. I mean, she was the first person, not second person, I asked to be part of this. First one was Bob Barnett from Tweet Gahey. You know, he. When I said I'm gonna do this for the reasons I said I want to hold that album up, just say, this is it. Mm -hmm. 
I'm, I, I, no compromises. I didn't do anything, which as I just told you, I, I can't already. I can't do that unless we redo Enemy at the Gate because it's not everything what I think it should be. I think it should have been. There's things that should have been done different than that. Yeah. But it's ninety nine percent of what I want, so I guess I should be happy. But with with Bob, he had to be part. There was a chance for me to get to work with him. Big fan of him. Big huge fan of his vocal style. Besides the fact that he's a, he's a, he's become a very good friend before in Vegas thirteen and. I'm not sure if you all know much about him or his band. So Speed Kill Hate is down in Florida, Jersey, Florida. Dave Linsk, current guitar, well, he's been a guitar player for Overkill for like the last 15 years probably. That's his own band, Speed Kill Hate. Okay. Bob is the vocalist. I'm very, very good friends with Linsk, and I've become very good friends with Bob. Mm -hmm. And his vocal styles from everybody, well, we don't like that Drano, like, you know. <laughs> so, well, here, here's what you're gonna do. Write a nursery rhyme, have Bob sing it. Here's two things. It's, you're gonna get scared, because it's gonna sound aggressive. It's gonna sound really fucking angry because of his vocal style. But here's the cool part, it's not growling, because A, there's nothing but melody lines. C. You can understand every word he says. Mm -hmm. There's actually lyrics. He's actually singing lyrics. It just got a really that rough, you know, kind of like Randy Blythe. I, I, I put him up with. Uh, I used to think surely Phil Anselmo must have been his biggest influence, mm -hmm. you know, in the later years with that. Mm -hmm. that <laughs> right? You know? Yeah. No, it's it's Randy Blythe yeah. from, from Lamb of God. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So to me, it was like, well, if Bob had said no, I wouldn't have done it. Because I couldn't think of anybody else I would want to be the main focus of this. Mm -hmm. Jana was the second. Now, when I first approached Jana, uh, it was a case of I really, 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 really want you to be part of this. And I had made statements, and just when when Down for Five came out with their last thing, they did uh, yeah. Devils and Heroes or something, whatever the last CD they did. Yeah. I was really excited because I thought it was really good. Mm -hmm. I clocked it and I, I made some statements on my page. I said, if I ever play again, she's she's gonna be part of it. One way or another, she's gonna be part of it. <laughs> and she was like, yeah, well, thank you, thank you, but no, no. <laughs> and she, she thought it was safe statements because at that point there was no reason to believe I would ever do anything. Mm -hmm. But when I approached her, she was really apprehensive. And, you know, some people would say, and, and I think, in a sense, I expected her to jump at it. He was like, wow, this is it from Overkill. I don't care if I like him. I don't care if he's good. There's, just because of my past, as I said all along, my one advantage over a lot of these other bands that we get <laughs> like invites to type yeah. of thing is I have a history. Yeah. And metal fans, thrash metal fans, Overkill fans in particular, unfucking believably loyal. Mm -hmm. So, I have a guaranteed uh, there's no we're not talking still. I have a guaranteed welcome committee. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. Because that group, I mean Overkill fans, past and present is going to check it out. Yeah. Now, they might not like it but they will check it out. Not because I 
they think I'm amazing. Not because some of them weren't even born when I was in overkill, but because I were in overkill. So it's really not about me, it's about my affiliation with overkill. Mm -hmm. And I kind of, in a way, expected Jana to go, wow, now I can go play Elephant Run without Team Blue. I make a little money. I get to play guitars, like she says. It's my bread and butter, and I still get to play. But I've become part of this. I, I get to play real shit that I have as, you know, a helping hand in form. I don't have to just learn somebody else's songs. Mm -hmm. And look at the exposure, right? Yeah. I can get my talent exposed to all these people, which I think, I assumed, I guess I should say, I assumed that she would jump over that for those reasons, and she didn't. She, she didn't, first time I talked to her for real about it, beyond just a few messages, said, I, I, we're going to talk, we're going to meet, we're going to talk. She's like, okay, I'll talk, but I don't know. You know. But first time we talked in person, like, okay, what's what's your vision? And I told him, he says, man, I don't know. I don't think I can do it. I'm like, what do you mean? That's just, I don't even, back when I was, like, when I was in battle, someone with my drum tape, I don't even listen to it. The, the hardest shit I listen to is, like, I mean, sevenfold, and I'm like, oh, don't mention them around me. Uh, but... <laughs> She didn't jump all over it, which surprised me, but it also intrigued me. Eventually, she, she agreed to it, uh, but making it clear there was shit going on, you know, is it, I don't have, I don't think I have time enough. Yeah. I said, well, I'm seeing this taking about nine months. It was going to show what the fuck I know, right? Because that was, <laughs> we coming up in two years. But she was very upfront. I don't think I have time to it. I got so much going on. Octane Blue. Uh, we're going to start some new stuff. It's, it's just, I I don't know I can give you the time you deserve for this. Like, give me what you got. Let's see. What do you, what do you got to lose? Right? Mm -hmm. It's not for you. You walk. Yeah. I'll talk, if, if I think you walk for the wrong reason, I'll talk, I'll try and talk you out of it. Mm -hmm. If you walk for the right reason, I won't talk you out of it. I'll just say thank you. But, yeah. but give it a shot. What do you got to lose? Yeah. And, you know, humor me. Indulge me. Just <laughs> say yes. And, and she did. Uh, we, we got to Christmas last year. And, she, she, you know, there's there's more and more times when we had stuff scheduled for the studio. Well, last minute she couldn't show up for whatever reason. And, you know, eventually got to the point where I was just like, I can't do this because I need to know when I get everybody else together mm -hmm. that everybody's going to be there because I can't just ask people to drop what they got going in their life and then it turns out that that day they didn't have to. Yeah. And, you know, and, you know, I kind of talked to Jan and said, hey, what's going on here? I said, if you're not in, you're not in. I said, but you, you're going to be there, you're going to be there. And that was, what is her new band? Uh, Rockets? Rocket Science. Rocket Science, yeah. yes. And it was, she's just, it's, it's, we're trying to get this going. It's new, it's taking a little more work. It's just taking all my energy. It's it's taking all my time. I, I That has to be my priority. I told you that. I said, well, you did. You did tell me that. Mm -hmm. And we are now a year into the project, and I told you nine months. 
you know, and, and she just said, well, I'll tell you right now, from Thanksgiving, well, problems started around Thanksgiving time, and that's, Jen is a huge family person, mm-hmm. first of all, mm-hmm. there's holidays, there's a lot of times, you know, our, our studio days were Tuesdays, yeah. and there's, you know, Christmas, she said, come Christmas, from Christmas to the end of January, I'm not, I'm not going to be available. I'm telling you that right now, so you don't get hurt, or upset, because that we have started yeah. to book. We we book shows. I think she was saying in February. We have from Christmas to January to, to nail everything down, and I'm, I that's my focus. Fair enough. Right, we went longer than I thought, and she contributed. In my opinion, she contributed greatly to In Fairness Thirteen mm-hmm. with with her work on Kenya Black. Yeah. Which, okay, well, yeah, I just told you, she's playing everything I told her to play, mm-hmm. how I wanted it played, but she did it, and she did it really fucking well. The lead is her own, right? Mm-hmm. Shit like that. Uh, she also came up with the idea for a song he and I worked, she and I worked on, that, yeah. that's still part of it, Yeah. called Hell Unbound. It's still part of it. I'm still anticipating, or assuming, that... Uh, She's gonna when when the time comes, she's gonna come in and finish it up with her lead and maybe some more pretty parts. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's her option. Put it this way: it's her option to say no, mm-hmm. right? Because that's her baby. That's yeah. that's something she and I worked on. Yeah, that came from her original riffs, mm-hmm. and that'll never go away. It's yeah. part. It's probably gonna be part of the album. Yeah. So that's the thing, and I know that's of local interest, and I know I heard that there was mention about. In fact, it's 13, and when, when her and Scott was here, why, why, you know, what happened? Well, what happened is it took way too fucking long. Mm-hmm. And and whether she, whether it took so long that she lost interest, whether it took so long because her, I asked her to, to do things that contracted, uh, conflicted with her ideas of how she thought things should be. It, it The reasons don't matter. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it comes down to, she was up front, when I originally approached her. Yeah. Because the first thing she said was, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I don't think I have time. Yeah. I tried to talk her into it, and I, I ended up talking her into it, yeah. telling her, I need you, for, give me nine months. Yeah. And she did. You know, yeah. and, and as far as I'm concerned, she contributed, she, 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 she's part of the reason why we get to where we are now, because if she hadn't been in there to record Painted Black with me, if she hadn't been there you know, in the beginning, coming up there on weekends yeah. with just when I was home, we'd be up there on weekends, we'd sit and play and, and riff and whatnot. We wouldn't have had Hell Unbound, which yeah. came from her idea. She said, so she, to me, if we hadn't had those things happening at that time, we would have probably gotten too stagnant. Mm-hmm. And just, I just said, no, it's, yeah. it's too much problem. Yeah. It's too much of a headache. Let's just, you know, it was a stupid thing. What were I thinking? <laughs> Well, give me, give me my last conscious thought, and I'll just say, "Yeah, what fucking ever. I'm gonna go. Let's go." You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't need to do no more. But that, and I know I'm mentioning this because I know that was brought up when Hearn Scott was here, and I'm, I'm, I haven't heard what she said. Mm-hmm. I've, I've been told, and and you know what I was told was she said it just took too long. It's I, I ran out of time. I had all mm-hmm. the stuff I had to do, and if that's what she said, she's 100 percent correct because mm-hmm. she told me that up front. Yeah. She told me when I first approached her. Uh, around thanks, I think Thanksgiving of thirteen, she said, "I don't think I don't think I have time. I, I, yeah. I don't think I can fit that in." Yeah, and I talked her into it, and she gave me nine months. She gave me more. Yeah, you know. So, as far as that concerned, because I yeah. know that a lot of people that's approached me said, "Well, you know, 
what happened? Said, Nothing. <laughs> we didn't get shit done like we thought we were going to. Yeah. And that was my mistake. I'm used yeah. to working with Overkill. Yeah. Like I said, by the second album I did with Overkill, it was, we, we didn't even have to talk. We just look at each other and there's two songs. Yeah. We just spent, we, yeah, we just, you know, we, nine months or so straight on the road, six shows a week, different towns, yeah. different continents, different countries, no how many shows, we, we fucking, you know, <laughs> you turn the, turn the lights out in the tour bus, somebody fart, you know who it was, just by the <laughs> smell type of deal, right? We, <laughs> we knew each other so well, and that's what I was saying, dude, how long could it take to fucking write? We, we used to write an album in eight weeks. Yeah. And then spend eight weeks recording it. How yeah. fucking hard can it be? You know, yeah. Well, it was not that hard because we're we're a machine, man. Yeah. We're we're on the road together. Yeah. Take a couple of weeks off. We're back in the studio. We we we're we just so used to each other. Yeah. We think we know. I bring up an idea. I already know who's gonna bitch about it. I already <laughs> know who's gonna say no. I know who's gonna say yes. This this and. I'm trying to do this with a group of people. Hey, musically, we're not even in the same ballpark. We don't come from the same. We 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 don't have the same point of reference to start from, right? Yeah. Now, well, that should have told me something. <laughs> Secondly, we three of us are here. One is in New Jersey. One is in Florida. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's gonna be a fucking problem writing because <laughs> we can't just spend five nights or five days a week in the studio. Yeah throwing shit at each other and see what sticks yeah. which is traditionally how you do it yeah. now if somebody does something put it up somebody else takes something does something to it put that up now the third so it goes like this before you know we're just like what what song are we even working on right now because what's what did this start out being type of deal yeah. you know <laughs> I, 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 I completely underestimated the amount of work yeah and and it was just like whoa holy shit you know what bagging myself into like you said yeah well it's good to be a boss no not always <laughs> you know I wish there was somebody just tell me no fucking just play this yeah you know how much left do you have to go you think before you get my, my goal is we had seven songs you know we're at seven songs that's completed drums and, and guitars some have bass on some of bass is being done at the moment but when I say we have seven songs, we have seven songs that won't be changed again. <laughs> right. right. The arrangements there, they're, they're arranged and what they are right now is how I want them to be. Now it's just a matter of getting all the instruments recorded. They have drums, guitars, some have bass, and then they're all going to go to Jersey and, and get so Buff and start working on his vocals. So we have seven. Uh, well, we, we, we probably have way more than that but there's seven I want right and those seven as I said have been redone numerous times my goal is to have a minimum of 12 originals just not that not that you could fit necessarily 12 on an album unless they're three minute songs but I want have to, I want I don't want to have to use everything I have I want to be able to choose. I want to have something left over, you know, where you can say, wow, that's that good and it's still got left off what you're releasing right now. I can't wait to hear the next, you know, I, I, I want to hear what's really there. So I want 12 originals. 
uh, we're writing. I've, I've made since February. We've been working on the, the one song. It's called "The Devil's Game," and I've probably rewritten that said fifteen times. Mm -hmm. Well, that doesn't speed things up because every time I rewrite it, I got to go re-record drums to the new version I want, and then everything starts getting problems. <laughs> Not troublesome because now Steve and Sean has to go and re-record all the guitars again. So it's just like an endless loop of me fucking changing my mind. So I'm seeing from here out, it's gonna move faster for a number of reasons. Up to now, Sean has been the main instigator as far as coming up with ideas and riffs. And he's had not, he's, he's only had me to bounce stuff off to the extent of me saying, that's not just weird middle, that's no, right? He has, and, and, or, or I can say, okay, I, let's try this. Let's change how we play. Let's change how you play. Let's change how you emphasize certain things. And I think it'll be really heavy as fuck. But that was all he had. He had nobody to bounce off. Now he has Steve. Steve is very creative. An old dog like us. Calling Pops. He's the old one. Hey, Pops, you fuck. He's been around the block. And... Even though him and Steve, are, uh, Steve and Sean are from different backgrounds musically, as far as where they've been, where they come from, how they think, all of a sudden Sean has another guitar player to bounce shit off. Before he didn't even he didn't even have the bass player because the bass player Andrew Guthrie he's in he's in Tampa, Florida. So the only way he could bounce stuff was to upload it to our Dropbox and everybody download it, and then. It was really hard to be creative because he couldn't just sit down, dude, man, I'm stuck here, listen and play. I, I don't know where to go, you know. And have somebody sitting across from him with another guitar say, oh, well, I'm hearing this. Again, like what I say about, what I say about, um, I'm sorry, that was, that was uh, Bobby Gustafson. Uh, You hear shit that you would never think of. Mm -hmm. That sparks something in your brain because it's so unexpected and, and you have absolutely no preconceived idea of where it should go next because <laughs> you would never have thought about that. Yeah. Right? Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. That when Sean does that now, Steve will look at him and if I'm there, he'll look at me and go, <laughs> and he will say okay here's all I'm hearing bam 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 mm -hmm. and Sean will go that's it yeah okay now Sean will go like that because he has a preconceived idea this is his this new riff is his baby and he already thinks it's the most beautiful thing in the world. So he's closing off all the other options. I do that. I come up with drums and I think this is the ultimate way to play drums for this part. And once you get in that mindset, and you, you get in that mindset because this is what you came up with. So in your weird way in the brain, you're already setting your way and you closed yeah. off options. Yeah. And it takes an outsider to come in and say, why don't you just do this? And you go, 
Wow, I never thought of that. No, of course you didn't, because you were looking like this. You already <laughs> knew when you started doing this rip where you wanted, where you thought you wanted to end. So you 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 locked all the doors along this hallway. You never went into these rooms to check out what was in there. And now Sean has that. That's awesome. And he's not relying on me telling him, dude. Yeah. I gotta have to take three hits of acid to even get on your level <laughs> to where you're thinking about this song, right? Yeah. He don't have. He has Steve now. Him and Steve, and, and Sean is the same way with Steve. With some of the shit Steve comes up with, Sean would never think about because that's just metal. Yeah. There's nothing. There's nothing cool about it. <laughs> and I told you when when Sean says cool, the rest of it goes uh oh, <laughs> right? So, for some strange reason, for the same reason why Sean and I see things so differently and sometimes to a point where I'm like dude I'm, I'm gonna find somebody else because I, I you know this this is my shit I don't want to have to humor you mm -hmm. and at the same time where Sean goes dude I can't be part of this dude you're you're fucking way out there <laughs> you know and yet we still managed to we've been managing to create some stuff that some of it Sean hates and I'll tell you that right out now like the last song we worked on Devil's Game what I turned it into, he absolutely hates. Mm -hmm. He accepts that's how I want it, but he hates it. And he has no problem telling me that. <laughs> he has no problem letting me know that. But still, we we come up with cool shit. Now, he and Steve can they're up there every week in the studio, a couple of days every week, finishing up guitars, redoing guitars from the old stuff, yeah. and now they're gonna be be starting to work on six, seven new ideas. Mm -hmm. And I think it's gonna move fast because Sean is not having to rely on a non-guitar player to suggest guitar parts, yeah. which is what I am, which is a good thing in ways, it's a bad thing in others. Mm -hmm. It's a good thing from the point of view that I don't think like a guitar player, thank God. <laughs> you know, so I, to me what is a sticking point to a guitar player, I'll be going like, well, first of all, rhythmically, you are fucking way off the track. Your, ryth your, your, your rhythms don't even make sense. Here's what you should do. And again, that's something he would never have thought, they would never think about. On the other hand, it's also a hindrance because I can't just pick up a guitar. I can hum, I can do... <coughs> right? But I can't just fucking pick up a guitar. Hey, here, do this. And immediately, whether Sean would like it or not, he knows what I'm talking about. Now he has that with Steve because Steve is sitting yeah. there with a guitar and doing riffs with Sean. This is what Sean's idea is. They were and Steve would just start, Why are you doing this? Why don't you just do this instead? And Sean goes, I never thought of it. I don't think like you. And the same way with Steve's ideas. Sean would play, play and he'll play something weird, and, and, and Steve would go, What the fuck are you playing? I don't know, it just sounded cool. And we go, uh oh, and we go, yeah, it actually does. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm thinking, not only we're gonna get stronger material, but we're gonna get it done faster mm -hmm. because now there's two people who talk the same language, plus yes. me, yeah. to ruin everything and say, no, let's do that. <laughs> I don't want that. You 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 spend what three weeks coming up with a fucking riff that sounds like Eminescent? Okay, <laughs> put it over there in the fucking garbage can and start over, and they go like. <laughs> You fucking dick, right? <laughs> Stuff like that. We're still gonna have that kind of fun, but we're over halfway there. 
but I stopped putting time frames on it. Right. I, I, I should never done I was stupid to think in the beginning that we, yeah, nine months, are you shitting me? <laughs> and then I kept putting time frames, okay, well, we'll do, it should be, but surely, by the fall of 15. Well, it's almost fucking Christmas, and we still, <laughs> we still only had seven songs because we've redone those songs so many times. We had, this, this year, we probably thrown out three songs mm -hmm. that we were you know yeah 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 and then come no, you know what <laughs> no let's yeah. not go there you know yeah. type of deal oh yeah but at, at, at the end of the day as I said I'm ecstatic people are interested I'm ecstatic to give a shit even after all these years but at the end of the day if you're not patient and you you can't stay with it this long yeah I, sorry <laughs> I wish you could but I'm not I'm not it's, I'm not gonna lose sleep over that part of it mm -hmm. because again this is for me mm -hmm. and so I stopped saying oh well maybe by January we'll be done I still say it but I don't mean it and I, I certainly don't put it in writing anymore. <laughs> said, we're, when, when I say we're done we're done yeah and we may never be done there may come a cut. I mean, I, I have not put a cutoff point. If, you know, I tried that with the guys because I felt they were really kind of losing interest and focus. And I just said, dude, we don't have something by this day. I'm, I'm pulling the plug. And I'm either pulling the plug on, on I-13 completely on the idea mm -hmm. or I'm pulling the plug on this current lineup. You know, because also I got to be careful because I have to realize that everybody from Bob Jenna, Andrew, Steve, Sean, Kelly, who takes care of the, the, the logistics, mm. uh, Stephanie. Well, Stephanie, I was paying, so uh, take her out of the equation. Everybody's volunteering their time and talent. Yeah, I'm not paying them. Mm -hmm. I'm not. I. I don't have financial people behind me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right, like we were talking about yeah. back in the old days. Well, there's a couple <laughs> of hundred thousand. Spend a hundred thousand. Spend a hundred thousand on fucking studio time. Divvy the, the last hundred thousand of our <laughs> salary for everybody for a year. Yeah. Quit your day job, go yeah. play. I can't go and say, I want results. This is what I fucking pay you for. If you can't get me what I'm paying you for, I'm gonna find somebody who will because there's, I get texts, I noticed that that was fun, but I get people all the time, man, I wanna be part of that. Why, I don't know, but I do. <laughs> So, but I can't tell people that. How do yeah. you how do you get pissed at people who volunteer, give yeah. their own time, give their talent, for no other reason that they got caught up, and I convinced them that this would be cool, mm -hmm. right? So, yeah. I can't. I can crack the whip, which I do, and I can be a dick, and I say, dude, I mean, you get a fucking going here, <laughs> you know? Don't sit up here and just trading licks. Yeah. Hey, look at this thing. I want fucking results. <laughs> but I gotta find the line between saying, dude, you really need to be more productive because you either need to write separately and then come up with your ideas and then fix them. Mm -hmm. Or when you do sit down and write from scratch together, you gotta start being more productive, for instance. Mm -hmm. Gotta find a line between saying that and knowing that I can't just say, you you're too slow. I gotta find somebody. Yeah, because 
you right now nobody's getting out the only one who's benefiting is me right I mean yeah they're doing me favors for free <laughs> so that 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 but that's 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 a problem and it's not because I know they're they're here for the right reason because since there's not a paycheck right now now I don't know if there ever will be but since there's no paycheck right now I have to assume they're here because they'll never be as passionate about it as me yeah for obvious reasons they shouldn't be there'd be something wrong right yeah but they're here because they're passionate enough that they see the validity of what I'm trying to do yeah because there, there's no, I can't just walk away because I lose that check. Well, there is no fucking check. You can walk anytime you want and not have all the only thing you're gonna lose is the headache of being around me, right? So I mean, I have to assume they're here for the reasons that they say it because they feel it's a strong idea. They they feel passionate enough about what I'm trying to do that they want to be part of it, mm-hmm. and I'm hoping they feel that you know. Well, I mean, we're, we're I think Andrew's the youngest. He's 28. Mm-hmm. He's really the only one that can use this as a springboard for something. Yeah. If it comes out, if it comes out, it does something, it sells, it gets attention, whatever. Well, that's something good to have in his resume. Yeah. yeah. But the rest of us are too fucking old for that to matter. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then again, Andrew is, is Florida, some of the most extreme death metal yeah, I mean, it came from Florida. Yeah, fucking, you know, let's fuck with Gold and start writing songs <laughs> type of deal. You know, that's what he saw. I'm not sure how much of a, of, of, I'm not sure how much of a benefit is going to be for his particular situation yeah. to to have it on the resume, except for just saying, yeah, I, I listened to this song. I yeah. mean, you know, he's like Dio and all this bullshit. He might play serious death metal, but he's still metalhead. You know, but as I said, there's there's really right now nothing in it for anybody except for just wanting to be part of it. And that's something when I start getting discouraged, I start getting angry, I start getting pissed, I get annoyed, whatever. I have to keep in mind. Mm -hmm. Everybody's doing this right now is doing it to help me. They don't have to. Their life would be a lot simpler if they didn't. You know what I mean? I mean, literally, they 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 would probably relax a lot more at night because they're not stressing out over it. So, obviously I'm really grateful for them, and I'm, their talents are, to me, unbelievable, mm-hmm. you know. And But I, I still also have, like I tell them, I understand I don't pay you right now. Now, if somebody buys this project, whatever comes in gets split, I don't care if you never wrote a riff for this. I don't care what you contributed. If you were part from start to finish, you get there's five people you get a fifth mm. um, you know any legitimate ex- the first expense is the studio will get money mm. and th- that is Sean and that's how he entered the project he was never part of the project he was just volunteered his studio for us to use yeah and we and that was back with Painted Black Jenna I and Eric had a lot of trouble getting the writing started one says, you play guitar Kelly tells me you play guitar you're willing to just throw some fucking metal thrash with that? You know, you want to be part of that? Could you do that? Would you help? Yeah, I'll see what I come up with. A week later, I had seven fucking song ideas. Yeah. I, I went to Kelly, and I, 
was with Jana, and I go, I need to talk to this dude. Because we spent two months, we don't even have a riff. <laughs> and I talked to him a week ago and asked if he would be interested in helping us write, and he would get full credit or not. And I have six song ideas. No, not all of them are amazing, as I said. It's Sean we're talking about. But Enemy of the Gate was the first. Enemy of the Gate was the first original we ever worked on. So that was part of that batch. And a lot of... Three out of those six are still in existence. Mm-hmm. So that's where I went to Sean. and said, now, you want to fucking be part? I mean, I feel really weird about you writing and helping play it with us so we can learn it and shit. And then not record it? Is it, you want to be, do you want to like kind of be part of this? I mean, that's, why wouldn't you want to record your own shit? Yeah. And, and, and it must have been something he had been thinking about. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Well, we got two guitar players now. Yeah. Yeah. So, but that, again, that's, that's the whole thing. We have seven songs. And when I say the seven songs are done, they're done. They're not going to get changed again. They're, they're set in stone the way they are now. Uh, they don't all of them have all the main instruments on them some of them do some of them don't and that's what we're in the process of and then uh, we had some downtime I don't know if you know uh, if you don't know Steve Polk you probably don't know much about him privately he's him and his his wife Sherry are what are they called Uh, Association of Down Bikers Mm-hmm. I think they 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 pretty much do poker runs, charity runs to raise money for to help out motorcycles drivers who've been hurt and injured and okay. you know what I'm saying. Yeah. It's a, it's more it's a nationwide mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like Baca, but just yeah. to raise money for yeah. hurt injured bikers. They were on a poker run June start of June sometime, and they both ride. And his wife Sherry went down, and her foot got severed. Man. Somewhere on the mountains there, or towards Fort Smith. Yeah. Life flighted off the mountain to Fort Smith Hospital. Life flight from there to St. John's. Uh, she ended up having her leg amputated below the knee. Touch and go for a long time. So we had a little over a month downtime wow. where it was just like, dude. The, the, in figures 13 is important to me this, this is fucking real shit mm-hmm. you know because he was like I don't, I, I, I don't know how much I can sit too right now in figures <laughs> 13 don't exist for you. you you fucking take care of this you know this is your priority when you're ready you come back there's a lot of stuff me and Sean can do. don't worry about it so we had that me and Sean was not as productive as we should have been mm-hmm. we would have caught up a lot which we're still trying to do now yeah uh, but and that was not Steve's you know that was me and Sean ultimately me no, you, I didn't utilize the time wise enough mm-hmm. that put us a little bit behind so again but there's actually a benefit tomorrow at the Hall of Fame oh okay the Hall of Fame club right yeah. for Sherry yeah and she used to she was she, she used to MC and, and set up 90% of the charity events for music, for music wise in Tulsa over I don't know how many years you know mm-hmm. somebody died somebody hurt somebody had medical expenses and, you know they did a charity yeah. show type of deal yeah. uh, she, she probably she put, yeah she probably put it down 
So she's always been there. <clears throat> yeah. You know, now it's her turn. That's tomorrow's Hall of Fame. Uh, so I, I, what, do you know when this is going to air? If it, if it'll be within the next week. Okay. Yeah. So, I can tell you yeah. something once that shut off. Okay. That has to do with why <laughs> I need to answer my text from Bobby. Anyway, so that's it. Uh, as far as as in figures thirteen, I'm, I'm hoping it'll be done. Uh, I can't guarantee you, mm-hmm. because I'm back to the being the dick I wanted to be originally, yeah. where I was just like, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> if you don't agree, you 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 have two options: you can put up with it, or you can leave, because I won't compromise. It's gotta go with what I. Mm-hmm. Feel because otherwise I will never have the opportunity of sitting with a CD, an album, and say I wouldn't change a fucking thing. Yeah, right. And that's ultimately what I said. Yeah, out to do. Yeah, you know. So, and and I could be pissed off. I could be discouraged. I can be anything can happen. Yeah, and that's why I said I learned never to say never. It is I'm not gonna guarantee we will even finish this. Yeah. I hope we will because we put two years into it yeah. and not just me a lot of people yeah. and I think they deserve to hear what they've been giving away for two years of their life almost mm-hmm. you know something they should have something in return yeah you know Sean we, sh- we should be able to sell this now we're not going to get $200,000 from a radio company <laughs> but we should be able to if it holds up to what I feel it's like we, we will get somebody will buy it mm-hmm. buy the rights to it which you know it's kind of like prostituting yourself yeah you're selling your your heart and soul yeah and somebody will, will pay for the right to give it out mm-hmm. upfront money but also with points and shit for me yeah. and the band yeah and hopefully I'll be able to give Sean a good chunk of money for studio time we've rigged up a lot of studio time yeah trust <laughs> me you know, and, and that you know and that was his original involvement in the band was mm-hmm. as a recording engineer and his yeah. studio was what we were going to use yeah. and the, the deal was it, it's a spec deal you're not going to make money yeah. but if this sells anybody buys it you'll be the first one to get money yeah yeah and then anything left over gets split between whoever is there. I don't care what you did. I don't, I don't care if you never wrote a riff. I don't care if you never had an original idea. If you were on board and you helped, yeah. you get the same as everybody else because there's, this wouldn't have happened if you hadn't been there, whether yeah. you wrote or not, whether you just played. Yeah. You know, Bob writes all the lyrics. Well, should he, should he, should he have more than Andrew who plays bass and don't write anything but yeah. bass line? No, because who's to say that this song would have been this cool without mm. his bass line? Yeah. Should I take the, you know, this is my shit, my headache, my logistics nightmare. I've spent a lot of money, laid out a lot of money for things. So besides me trying to reimburse myself, should I, should it be, well, Sid gets 70% of the project and 30, you split, <laughs> one, you know, is that how it should work? I don't think so. Because I wouldn't have been able to do this if it hadn't been for the other four guys. Yeah. Or yeah. girl, whatever, right? Yeah. So, to me, it's just everything, that, there's a dollar that gets split five ways. 
Yeah. If there's two dollars, if there's yeah. twenty thousand dollars, you get split five. I don't care. Yeah. The amount is not important. You, the principle of what we're doing, the fairness of it, is important. Which yeah. to me is, nobody's more important than the other person. Mm-hmm. It don't matter what you did, what ideas, or if you had any ideas. It don't matter. You're part of it. You get your cut. Yeah. Because we wouldn't be here without you. Yeah. We might have had, you know, might have been somebody else, but you happen to be the one that's stuck. <laughs> yeah. So that's how it, it all going to end up. Exactly. So. Yeah. Well, that whole time that, that you kept saying never say never, did you play the drums at all? No. Never? For like 15 years? I did not. I, I started another project. I mean, like in the privacy of your own home or anything? No, no, no. Actually, I started uh, in. 98, 97 or 98. Yeah, 97 I think. I, I actually did start another project called Shadowland. And it was not thrash. It was more classic metal. And when a classic metal, I'm not talking, you know, fucking sticks or shit like that. I'm just <laughs> talking more to heavier straightforward not not overkill type made of more more the I don't know what Judas Priest type yeah just straightforward fucking metal you know 80s 70s 80s metals but played aggressive and um, 98 were about a month and I had management all but it was kept very 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 quiet I think January February 98 and we were a month away from going in the studio. I crushed my thumb. And effectively was told by it, it turned into a nerve disease. I mean, I had no muscle. And it turned into a nerve disorder called RSD, which is basically your, your, your nerve is acting like your finger is cut off and it never shuts down. It just constantly sends messages. You're severely injured. You're severely injured. You, you know, and your brain reacts to that signal, shuts down blow of blood flow and shit, and now you've got real problems. So I was told I went through six or seven spinal cord surgeries for them to try and block the signal from my thumb reaching my brain, and was pretty much told you you will never touch a drumstick again. If you do, if we can get this under control, and you do, just the shock to your hand could re-trigger this and oh. just you know this this is the type it used to be what did it used to call it uh call some it, it has a very very high suicide rate because it's all it's almost untreatable because your brain keep getting told you're more injured than you really is and it but it reacts you know and it has its own mind i mean it controls shit so if it's told your thumb is cut off it's <coughs> going to try and shut down blood flow right wow Shit like that. So I, I ended up from 98 till 2013. I did not touch a drumstick. So when you did, like, did it all come back inside? <laughs> <laughs> How long did it take you to get back in the groove where you felt? Oh, Jesus Christ. That you were good enough. <clears throat> I, I don't know that I'm even there. Uh, it, it, it was, uh, you know, it, sh- fuck. 
you know, everybody, oh, dude, man, it's like riding a bike. I said, no, <laughs> trust me, I've been wearing hockey gear because I fucking fell off that bike constantly. There's nothing <laughs> like you. You don't just pick. Your brain remembers it, right? Your brain goes, oh man, yeah, I remember this. Your body, your brain can scream at your hands and feet all they want, man. Your hands and feet are gonna go, huh? What? <laughs> you know, you're, it's it was a nightmare. And sometimes it still is. Uh, it took, I spent from Thanksgiving to Christmas, so about a month, just every time I had a chance to go to the studio and start playing. And, and I was kind of like, I don't know where to start, you know. So what I ended up, I thought was smart, besides having practice schedule for certain rudimentary things, you know, mm-hmm. feet, feet, yeah. coordination shit. Since I figured out my brain remembers what to do, but it doesn't know how to get my my feet and hands to, to cooperate, I said, okay, I'll, I'll start playing along to old overkill songs. Not, instead of just sitting trying to play a beat, which I never could do, it, it bore me after three minutes, and I'd get up more, and like, that's fucking boring. So, so, I started, I figured, well, my brain remembers what to do. It, it recognizes shit, right? It goes, I remember this, yeah, 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 yeah. Now you just gotta, you know, you know, 217 beats per minute to 30 second notes here. And you go, and my feet, and they're like, what? Dude, what? You know, I said, well, maybe it'll react if it's something familiar. Yeah. It's something I've done before. I remember doing it. I remember how I did it. I remember, it's so ingrained. I mean, you play a song a thousand times. You you can play it in your sleep. You think, mm-hmm. right? So I started doing it. It did help, but it also created a problem because, again, my body did not respond. My motor, my my motor, uh, my muscle motor skill memory was gone because I had not even sat with a drumstick doing that. So all my muscle memory and movement, you know, nothing was second nature. You had to think about where in the old day, old days. You could be in the middle of fucking Evil Never Dies Live, which was twice as fast as the fucking studio album. <laughs> and you just did shit. At the end of the song, you you look at some look at drum tape. Did I play everything? Yeah. I can't remember. Because it was subconscious. You didn't even know you were doing it, yeah. right? Now all of a sudden you have to okay, coming up, coming you gotta do, you got here, one, two and then your body just goes uh, uh. <laughs> hit that fucking thing type of deal. It's a nightmare. It, it's, I'm still struggling with certain things. There's still things, the things I used to do, not even thinking about it, I was just, now I not only have to think about it, I'm gonna go, I probably, no, that's, I probably shouldn't go there because it's not gonna happen. You can't just erase 15 years of non participation and think you're going to jump in and be what you were on the other hand it's it's I don't want to reinvent myself but it gives you an opportunity for all those years you you have new influences yeah right and there's new things you thought man if I was still doing I would try and do what he just did type of deal you know you hear shit and you go that's how we learn we hear something somebody else did if we try to do it we might not do it exactly like it was you know but we'll do our version of it. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's how people, oh man, 
how did you even come up with that? And you're not going to say, well, I stole it for him and just couldn't do it as good, so it ended up sounding like this. But that's literally how you learn. That's mm-hmm. how you get your own style. Is you, 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 you hear something and you want to do it, and either you can do it exactly, in which case people say, yeah, well, he did that first. Yeah. Or you'll do it your interpretation of it, and people will think you're brilliant, right? So I had understood, well, there's things I used to do. I'm not going to do now. I'm not going to sound like the same drummer. My style has changed out of necessity because I haven't played. I haven't maintained my style of playing. I still hear music the same, but it gives me a chance to do stuff that I would never have thought of doing. Kind of like when I hear stuff Sean comes up with, mm-hmm. I would never have thought of that. Back in the day, I'm, I would, I was set in my pattern of playing. This is how I play. This is how I hear. Not because I want to. This just that's how it is. This is how I talk. I, I to you guys, I have a Danish, English, New York. Hig accent. To me, <laughs> I have perfect, flawless English, right? Because yeah. this is just how I talk. Yeah. This is, I've never heard it different. So, yeah. you see, back in the day, you see yourself, you're not seeing yourself as trying to be who you are. That's just who you are. That's how it ended up being. That's how you heard music. That's how you responded to a riff. Whereas now, I'm not stuck in that particular, I'm stuck in a new pattern because I hear things different now. Right? So now I'll hear something I would, I play way faster now, which is weird. You know, you would think that would be the first, your speed would, especially feet, your speed would be the first thing to go because yeah. that's, once you get over a certain point on double K drums at a certain BPMs, there's only, you, you, you only build with the muscles and muscle coordination you have. So yeah. while you can train over time to get better and more accurate and a little faster, if you're a long distance runner, you're never going to win an Olympic gold in fucking 100 meter dash, right? Yeah. Because your your muscles are not made to do that. Nothing you can do. You cannot force your body to change, to become fast enough. Yeah. So to me, and that's how I always thought, well, I mean, bare bones, evil never dies. This is fast as I'm ever going to play because <laughs> I'm, I'm right there in the edge where if I try to push another half beat per minute, I'm going to fall off that fucking cliff. I'm going to just throw <laughs> shit up in the air and just hang on to the drum rims because my ass is hanging out, right? Now I'm finding myself doing shit just for fun. I'm like, dude, now here's weird. You couldn't do this what you used to do the way you used to do it, but you can fucking do this. <laughs> Because, like I said, I lost all my muscle memory. Not it's if when I came back, it's coming back, but it it was not second nature. When I had to do a change, I had to do something. I had to think about it, right? I had to actively tell my body, "This is what you need to do coming up," right? But because I lost that and had to re- try to get it back, I also lost the preconceived way of doing things, the way my muscle memory mm-hmm. was at the time yeah now i'm building up a new muscle memory of doing things in a new way so my muscle my my for instance my, my foot speed is not restricted by my old you know my old memory of that's how there was just your feet were that fast and not more and there was back then there was no point in trying to force them because mm-hmm. they were not gonna get faster that was just not how you played whereas now i'm like well there's somebody's cool shit i thought was cool i can't do because i can't remember how to do it 
my body did it for me. I never had to think about it. It just happened. Mm -hmm. Which now I can't because every time I do something now I have to think about it first. You know, and since I don't have no memory of how my body did certain things, yeah. I can't get that back because it there was not a pattern. There was not written down you do this, then you do that, then you do it this way, and that one, your foot do this, your pinky does that, and that's how it ends up being sounding like that. There was no formula for it, it just happened. But on the other hand, now I'm doing shit that I could never have even attempted back then, which I don't get. So it took me a long while to get to where, like we, we did paint it black, I, I almost didn't release that because I didn't think it was good enough, drum-wise, just because I was kind of like the first overkill album or the influence. I was just like, I'm, I'm out of my, de I'm out of my league here. I, I'm, I, I don't, I'm not in control, you know. And then to where I'm at now, a year and a half later, I'm very comfortable. There's still stuff. I'm, you know, I'm just. It's just a fact. You're not gonna, you're not gonna hear me do certain things again, that you might expect me to do. That's a fact. It's not going to come back, not because I couldn't play it, but because I don't know how I played it, because it was never a conscious way of doing things. It just happened. Mm -hmm. your, your brain didn't take a memo and store it. This is how you do this. Your brain just sent signals to your arms and legs, and go spastic here, and this is what it's going to sound like. <laughs> right? And, yeah. and so I can't get that back, but you're going to hear me think, and that's what I'm saying, it's so weird. I can, I'm, I'm even... You know, I'm I'm doing shit now. Or back then, would have gone. <laughs> you're wasting your time. You think you're ever gonna hear me fucking play that? Because there's no way in hell. <laughs> and it comes easy to me. You know, but I'm st I still don't feel I'm back. Uh, I'm still having to, a lot of times, plan out ahead what I need to play. Whereas in the old days, I never thought about it. I never thought about coming up. It just happened. I heard something. I did something. It came out that way. It was not conscious. It just how you you know that's how it was yeah. I didn't have to I didn't have to plan anything I didn't think it just played and that's what it ended up sounding like you're on autopilot you know you're sitting thinking about tits ass and pussy and it's like oh, man. I'm gonna get a blowjob tonight <laughs> what's that over yet oh 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 look at those tits man holy fuck <laughs> type of deal you're not even aware what you're fucking doing whereas now I have to sit down okay this song I hear something this should do this, I should do that, I should do that. Okay, now I'll, go, now I'll go try it, right? Which is a natural way for me to do it because that's not how it used to be. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, the things I sit down say, you should do this, you should do that, you should try that there and then try that there. What I'm wanting to try is something I would never, I would never have wanted to even consider in the old days. So it's kind of like, a, 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 it's a weird, thing like a yin yang or balance I don't know what it is it's just there's shit that I thought everybody said oh, it's like riding a bike dude you know you're gonna pick it up you're gonna fall a few times but then it's gonna be right back and it's not it does not work that way it does not work that way it's playing maybe on a guitar because it's it's really how you play guitar is directly influenced of where you put your fingers right there's 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 six strings there's X amount of frets and how you position your fingers within each fret determines how you're going to play or what it's going to sound like with drums that doesn't work that way because 
it's infinite. There's there's no as long as you hit a drum or a cymbal mm -hmm. and you just don't hit empty space, something is gonna come out. So there's no you can't just say, well if you hit if you do this, it's always gonna sound like this. Because it's not. Because what if I hit a different drum or I hit I do Mm. Completely different, right? If that the simile makes sense at all. So to me, it was just like I almost gave up. I almost that told wow. Kelly. I said, I don't think I should even try this. I think I'm gonna fall on my ass here because this is way too hard, you know. And because it was really discouraging. Because no, it's not like playing. It's not like fucking riding a bike. But in the back of your head, yeah, come on, man. I played drums for thirty something fucking years. You couldn't forget that. <laughs> And the thing is, I didn't forget it. My body did. Right. <laughs> right? It's like, yeah, I, you know, I slept a few times. My body slept a few times. It's not just second nature. So it's, it's really frustrating for certain things, but it's also really cool in other ways because I'm, I'm, I'm attempting, and not always saying I'm succeeding, I'm attempting stuff I would never even have out of NASA. <laughs> Good luck you ever think you're going to hear me try that, <laughs> let alone actually do it. Just, I wouldn't even attempt it when we're sitting around having fun in the studio, just goofing, doing stupid shit. Hey, let's play something at 400 beats per minute. Okay, why not? You didn't give a shit. You know? and, and even within those parameters, you would sit down. We go to 400, 450, you go fuck yourself. <laughs> Type of deal, right? It's that mindset. It? And it's all mental. Because I do believe you can, you can make your body do things it never done before if you approach it right and realistically. But you have to be. You can't. You, you will never do that if your mind is still in doubt. You can tell yourself you're, you don't have doubt you can do it. If your mind, somewhere in here, it still says, yeah, you're not gonna, that's not going to happen. You're never going to do it. Mm -hmm. And that's something I'm bad about. I'm bad, I'm bad about psyching myself out. A little bit like Jenna in ways. She's bad about thinking she can't do something. I'm like, I'll show you all the tricks. And it is all tricks. It's all smoke and mirrors. It's about doing something that makes it sound like something it's not. It's not nearly as difficult as you think. It's all just fooling people into think they're hearing something. <laughs> which, is, which it is. Yeah, It's about... Doing something simple, making it sound hard, and that that small, like what I call smoke and mirrors, and, and some of the drumming is, you know. But I, you know, and, but I'm bad about forgetting to remind myself, then psyching myself out, which is me not reminding myself, dude. It's not that hard. It's not that complicated. You're playing thrash metal. You're not playing fucking avant-garde jazz, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. let's, let's be honest. Yeah. That don't mean thrash metal musicians shouldn't get credit. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. Most of what you do is smoke and mirrors. In other words, you do something in a certain way, it makes it sound like you're doing way more than you really are. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I'm bad about not reminding myself about that. So I get down, and that doesn't help. You know, like you said, well, how long did you take? I'm still not there because I'm, I don't remind myself enough that, you know, it's not that hard. It's, it's just a matter of 
accepting that. Here's your limit for the low, here's the limit for the high. If you stay a little lower than your low limit, a little higher than high, you're going to be all right because there's ways around. If you want something but you don't really know how to do it, find a way to make it sound similar and people will think you did just what you couldn't do because to them it'll sound like it. Mm -hmm. They don't know, yeah. right? But you try and go like this, you're going to fuck yourself up. And I'm really bad about going like this. You know what I'm saying? So it's taken me a long time. It's, and I'm still not going to tell you I'm back, you know. Physically, I'm probably close to being back in the saddle. Playing, just strictly playing-wise. Mentally, I'm not. And I don't know that I'd ever... I'll, I'll never get back to the same saddle. Which I think is a cool thing, too, because... Why would you hear me recreate what I've already done? If you want to hear that, go put on those fucking albums, right? Yeah, true. I mean, challenge yourself to to something. You, like I, I never thought I'd play with somebody like Sean. I thought, mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I'd lure you out the back door with a with a beer or something. I'd fucking shoot you because fundamentally we don't look at things the same way. And yet, <laughs> yeah, and yet I don't because I love the guy and I, I. I know what he brings to the table type of thing. Mm -hmm. and the same thing, why would I just, like I was, I've said, this is not, although Horoscope was the last big album I did, or big album, last full commercial album I ever did, mm -hmm. which means that whatever I do now is gonna get compared to that. Mm -hmm. That's inevitable, that's, yeah. that's human. I mean, especially, you know, I'm not gonna go out and rewrite Horoscope. I'm not gonna go out and say, "Oh, this is this is the new Overkill type feel." Yeah. It's not. This is completely. It's not. It's still thrash metal. It's still heavy metal. It's still angry. Mm -hmm. But it's not Overkill. Yeah. It's not gonna be. And it was never intended. It was specifically made clear. It will not be. Mm -hmm. Why would I want to do that? First of all, yeah. How would I compete with the original? Mm -hmm. You can't. Why would I? As I said, you want me to play Bare Bones again? Go put on that song and listen to it and thrash. <laughs> right? Yeah. Don't mean I can't play something that's in the same vein. Yeah. But I'm not going to rewrite Bare Bones. I'm not going to rewrite Horace. I'm not going to rewrite Fucking Nice Day for a Funeral. It would, it would make no sense because even if I come out with Nice Day for a Funeral number two, it will never beat the fucking original. Yeah. It is not gonna happen. Yeah. Because that's that was nice day for a funeral. This is just somebody trying to make something sound like that. Right? So that's where I'm just kinda I'm I'm fucked because it's so hard to get started and which when it's hard to play your ideas get restricted to what you feel you can play because you psych yourself out and you don't wanna look stupid trying to do something you can't do. But it also works because it makes you it makes you think in a different way it mm -hmm. makes you think in new new directions and, and okay well you're not gonna play bare bones you're not gonna play nice day for a funeral maybe you can play something that's like nice day for some bare bones <laughs> and now you have to start thinking about mixing shit up you know so that helps you because yeah. you're not restricting yourself. Like I wasn't, as I said, in the old days, I was restricting myself because not conscious. Hey, this is Trent interrupting to let you know that during our interview, we lost connectivity with our recorder. 
and by the time I noticed, several minutes had passed. So that's why Sid just got cut off mid-sentence there. So it's going to pick back up here with some lesser sounding quality audio because I was able to pull this from our backup and salvage a little bit of it. There's about two minutes here that doesn't sound as great, and then it will pick back up with uh, the regular recording. So bear with us here for a couple minutes. We'll pick back up here. Sid had been talking about Lars Ulrich for a couple minutes, and this is where it jumps back into it. Thanks. Crying and kickles. Lars played a solo. <laughs> oh, come here, I'm sorry. You know, I mean, you know, it's a, that, yeah. that's heartless. I mean, why are you <laughs> ragging on the dude? He, he, first of all, why should he give a fuck? Yeah. You yeah, want to compare yeah. bank accounts? Yeah. <laughs> right? Exactly. But on the other hand, he, he, he puts himself right out there. Yeah, he does He does stick himself in the middle of it. Yeah. That sure. doesn't, and, and, and it's kind of like, you know, at what point does somebody who really loves you tell you, dude? I mean, it's cool what you're doing, but don't get upset when people fucking rag your ass. Because you're asking for it. Yeah. And who's to say he doesn't deliberately do it just to fucking get people to yeah. fuck you? Yeah. Who are you? Yeah, I'm Lars. Probably gets off on that. <laughs> to an extent, I mean, I don't care what label you're at. You play, and you play well enough to record and get released and actually sell shit. You obviously, not, you don't think high of yourself, but you, you, you take pride in what you do, yeah. because otherwise you wouldn't be doing it very often or very much. Yeah. And I don't care who you are, what label, and how many people say yay or nay. When somebody say nay, it, it gets you. Mm-hmm. you, it, you it still gets yeah. to you. You pretend all you, you know, if, and especially if it's a valid point, or, yeah. or somebody is not just saying you suck. Why? Well, you just do. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm not gonna lose sleep on that one. But somebody <laughs> actually, well, you're trying to blah 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 blah. blah. I'm like, uh, kind of stung a little <laughs> because you yeah. probably agree. Yeah. Yeah. So exactly. I don't, you know, I don't know. And they say, well, they don't pay attention. Yeah, you do pay attention to it. Because yeah. for some reason, people are always really interested in bringing it up to make sure you know about it, <laughs> what somebody said. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Human nature, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is, for sure. Like, <laughs> but, you know, I'm at this point, I'm, I'm not like Lars. I'm not going to revolutionize drumming. I'm, I'm going to revolutionize what I thought I could do, uh-huh. maybe, right? Yeah doesn't mean it's going to come out great but I'm going to I'm trying shit and doing stuff I never did or wanted to try before yeah but honestly like I've been saying you don't like it that's cool you don't have to because I didn't do it for you Mm -hmm. I'm not doing this for you yeah I'm I'm not doing for you I'm I'm doing this for me yeah It's, it's so fucking I don't even know narcissistic it's not even funny because this is literally just for me to go you hear this it's got everything it needs yeah. you should never change anything yeah this this is it yeah. this is what an album should be in my opinion mm-hmm. not in yours not in your, I don't care of your opinions to me that's that's what this is about mm-hmm. so you know if the day comes, it gets out, everybody hates it, I'm still going to be able to say, this is everything I wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure it's going to bother me if everybody else 
thinks I'm wrong. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I mean, sure, right? I mean, but then again, what do I really know? Yeah, I'm not really that happy with enemy at the gate. I don't think it's everything it should be. Mm-hmm. I think it. I compromised on certain things. My biggest thing: the tuning. Yeah, I hate drop tuning. I hate fucking open tuning. Yeah, you play thrash metal over a certain beats per minute, it's mud. Yeah, and the only way to get that tone is to make it so thin that you can't stand listening to it. Yeah, but okay, it's what it is. More people love that song than the opposite. So that tells me, okay, this bothers me. <laughs> yeah. But I'm the only one thing right now I haven't really heard too many other people saying on this I say it first to say, well yeah, thinking about it, yeah, it would have been probably cool and straight tuning. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's where I'm saying, well, I compromised more than I should have. One mm-hmm. than one or two. But on the other hand, yeah. I'm the only one the points I don't like about it, I'm the only one bringing up. Yeah. Which means then I have to question, well, where's my line, where's my limit for for compromising? Because <laughs> obviously, I'm not bringing up something about enemy at the gate that everybody else is bringing up. Yeah. If that was the case, I, that would validate saying, yeah, I should not have compromised. <laughs> because I, it turns out, again, I was right. Yeah. Like, there's stuff that, the stuff I think I shouldn't, a compromise I should have really just gone to bat for in horoscope some of it is, is picked up by other people others there I'd have to tell them what it was and they call oh okay well that's not a big deal yeah so so where do I put the line of okay well I need to if I want to keep Sean happy and if he's happy he'll be productive where do I compromise yeah. and where do I draw yeah. the line if I want to keep Steve happy and keep him productive because he's happy where do I draw the line and compromise? Yeah. Right? I yeah. mean it's it's a it's fucking tough. Yeah, that's a that's that's tricky. I got a random question for you. Okay. I posted on a, a couple groups on Facebook and asked if anyone had any questions for you. And one of them a lot of them were the basic overkill stuff, but one of them was of course. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Is Paul Diano as self destructive in person as the media made him out to be? <laughs> Is Diano as self-destructive in person? Well, in person, that doesn't make sense. But is he as self-destructive as a person as the media made him out to be in the 80s? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, well, let me just answer Gustafson. Now, uh, let me use this is Bobby. Um, but Paul is was is was one of the most unique voices in in the no way of British heavy metal and, and probably you know just metal in general mm-hmm. yeah. he was not high pitched he was kind of lower register he was Back then, if you if you even could take away the music part of it, which was obviously very you know gave away completely who you were listening to, but if you only had the vocals, you would still know this this is Iron Maiden, right? Because it was very unique, mm-hmm. yeah. And it was and in other words, it was unique and different, but not for the reason that's that is his voice, all right? I mean, 
No, it was not like Lars would seem contrived. He's just trying to be different to stand <laughs> out, right? Yeah. That that's Paul. He 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 had, in my opinion, he had. He could have gone anywhere he wanted. Literally, he 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 could have even passed Maiden. He he could have done anything he wanted if he'd done it for the right reasons. The whole Maiden thing was over. The first thing he did was 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 uh, the band Diano, which was just called Diano. And it's like fucking listening to Journey. Okay. Well, first, you never heard that? No. Okay, you can look it up. It's very, very Journey. It's like AOR. It's very commercial. Trying to, trying to be. Yeah. Okay. Um, there are certain things, if, 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 if your tool chest only has these tools in it, and you're a singer. Your biggest tool is your voice. Mm. Yeah. Now, now, can you use a metric wrench to loosen a non-metric screw? Well, yeah, you can. <laughs> it's not going to work really well, correct? But you can, you, you can, if you get one that's close enough in size and you're careful, you can get it off. Well, that's Paul's voice is not for fucking journey. <laughs> All right, it does not fit. But that was what he wanted because. He he. He was very impulsive. Kind of thing, and the same as far as self-destructive. Yeah, I mean I played with Paul from. Eighty-four. Yeah, eighty-four to eighty-seven. I left after the U.S. tour, in in eighty-seven, uh, while he was still in, in Indiana. Was when Battlezone was first set up, and uh, it was very self-destructive. A lot of shit. <laughs> <laughs> we we did a lot of gag. <laughs> oh hell yeah, we we're fucking. <coughs> we we were. Yeah, it was, it was nuts. I mean, from start to finish. He wasn't the only one. He's just the one that had the bigger name, obviously. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, I haven't talked to Paul since '87. I've read some of the shit he said. I'm not gonna touch it. Uh, it was really strange. About a month ago, I got a friend request on Facebook from him. Very odd, because according to him, you ever meet there somebody's gonna die type of deal. <laughs> Not a lot of love, and I was not very nice after I left. Some of the first, for obvious reasons, when I first joined Overkill, some of the first interviews obviously had a lot of questions for me about Diano because it's fucking Paul Diano. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah, and I, I, you know, I, I wasn't nice. I didn't leave on good terms. Uh, retrospect, was that the right thing? Probably not. I mean, who, first of all, you left, so who gives a fuck? Why even talk about it? Somebody asks you, say, eh, I got nothing to say. But you, you, you say shit. He say shit. Uh, he, he, he was the one. I think he's ruined. 
he's I think he's had more opportunities in the music business than just about anybody else to get back on what he could have done. I think he's had more chances. Why I don't know. I mean, how, how many projects and bands has he been involved with since Battlezone mm -hmm. that has gotten so much attention, and yet every single one of them went down the same road. Yeah. Right. How many people do you know that gets that many chances, especially in the business where here, like David Lee Roth said, here today, gone later today. <laughs> right? How many more? I mean, I don't know anybody that gotten that many shots at getting it right. At a meeting, say, hey, dude, I'm. I need you over there to tell me what the fuck to do because I, I'm just fucking. I'm a moron. I do not make the right decisions. So he was very, very self destructive. And, and, but he wasn't the only one in Battlezone, trust me. <laughs> but he was the one that got all the attention because of, he was the name, the rest of us wasn't. Right. You know, he, I don't know what he's like today. I don't know. I, don't, I have no idea. From what I'm seeing, when I do see shit, I don't know that he's changed. I hope he has. I mean, he's just like anybody else. He's he's a, he's a human. We all we all have different ways of being human. I guess yeah. it's, it's the easiest way to say it. You know, change shit way of saying it. <laughs> he's just choosing whatever, whatever he's choosing. I'm, I'm hoping it works for him, and at the end of the day, I hope he's cool with it. You know, I mean, I, I stopped drinking and do drugs twenty three years ago. I'd say I, I have not had or done anything since August twenty second, nineteen ninety two. Wow, that's just it. Coffee and cigarettes. <laughs> That's it, seriously. He's, I, from what I understand, he's still not got to that point, and that's his prerogative not to get to that point. Yeah. Right. This, I did this again. I quit for me. Not. Oh man, he's cool. He quit drugs. I quit because I had to. Mm. It was just not right anymore. It, yeah. was, it was out of control. I'd have been, had I not quit, I'd have been dead. So, yeah, he's, he's, I don't know what he's like now. Back then, 80s, yeah, he was very self-destructive. <laughs> he caused a lot of his own problems. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. By not knowing when to stop. And, but I, I can't look down on it because I was worse. I mean, I knew when to stop and chose not to. I was smart enough to know, dude, you're on the wrong path, son. You're going to really fuck up soon. And I was like, Yo, Bobby, I give a fuck. The fuck do I care? <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't know if his thought process worked that way. I can't tell. I mean, but he was definitely indulgent. And it was always, whatever he indulged in was always available. <laughs> nice way to say it. Right. Yeah. Yep. So, he, he's a huge talent and it's, it's one of those things where you just go, you, you wish you could go up to somebody and, and grab them by the shoulders and just shake them and say, what the fuck? You have what few others have and look what you fucking did with it. 
you know, you you want to fucking go out and do cover songs of your own shit from 30 years ago? That's what they did. Right. Him and Blaze Bailey. Are you kidding me? You have to go on the road on a joint fucking tour? Yeah. To do covers of the fucking bands you used to be in? Really? I'd rather play at the Holiday Fucking Inn. <laughs> doing fucking Cedar songs. Or fucking Nickelback. Because you know what? That's not nearly as demeaning to me. Would work for you, and the, I'm sure the money was right. But really, why didn't you take that talent and fucking create shit? Other people had to go on tour to cover, because you had the tools. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. were you that afraid of fucking succeeding? <laughs> because you, you, every time you got a new chance, you fucked it up, or you didn't. I don't. I'm not gonna say you fucked it up, but every time he got a new chance. He didn't almost seemed like he didn't take it serious, and that's where I'm saying, you know, how many seconds I'm fully aware if, if I 13 doesn't pan out for whatever reason, there's nobody gonna give a flying fuck about me anymore, you know what I'm saying. So how many, you, you get that many chances, somebody's giving you another shot and another shot and another shot. At what point are you going to tell yourself, I better take advantage of this because there are no guarantee the next one is going to come around type of deal. And that's what pisses me off about it. If he'd been mediocre and, and then fluke, I'd have been, who gives a fuck again, right? There's plenty of average fucking singers out there. There's there's plenty. The world is full of fucking Evan Sevenfold bands. Who has a talent but chose not to use it to do shit that's cool, but they'd rather fucking blatantly rip off other bands and just literally fucking use another song and rename it and sing some different words. <laughs> They're good with that and they get to fucking make millions of that. Okay, there's plenty of those. There's nothing special about them in my book. They're, they're douchebags. Now, for what they do. Not for what they originally were before they do. And then you have people with, with a very unique talent like Deanna, who his talent is his voice. Right? I mean, it, it is very... It's, it's as distinctive, if not more so, than Bobby Blitz's. Because you hear Blitz, you know who the fuck you're listening to. Yeah. I don't care if you know the name of the band, but if you ever heard Overkill before... Yeah, that's that. I heard that. I know who that is. I can't remember who the fuck you are, but I know, right? Diano has the same. You hear Diano, you know it's fucking Diano you're listening to. There are not too many people that can do that. And as I said, there are not too many people that get, have had so many chances and overindulge every time to where you, you it didn't go anywhere. So, uh, it's I'm trying to not to be shitty but it, it's kind of puzzling me because yeah but uh, you know everybody who's involved in battles so John Hurley is on my friends list Pete West bass player is on my friends list we talk we, we go how the fuck are we still here <laughs> you know because we're not talking we're talking serious shit we're talking being involved with the wrong people in the wrong places and 
doing the wrong things. <laughs> Talking about having a coffee table, watching Super Bowl in Anaheim, Florida, have a fucking hotel suite full of drug dealers, having fucking edge to edge, linked to the table, fucking just lines, watching Super Bowl. <laughs> Type Man. of stupid shit. How the hell are we still alive? I don't know. But yeah, this is it. He was not the only one sitting, kneeling in front of that fucking table. <laughs> so he was part of it. So I, I don't know what he's like. He, he, his reputation was real from what the press made him out that he was the rock star, the partier, the didn't know it, you know, when there's an old type of deal. <laughs> yeah. So yes. <laughs> yeah, I could have just said yeah, but I don't know that you would have believed me. Because he is really just, again, how many more times, how many times are you going to fucking run into the same wall before you try to look for the doorway? Right. <laughs> Unless you enjoy it, right? And I, and I think that's, off the record, I think that's part of the problem. He enjoys the reputation and makes him look like a badass, and he's not. There's nothing badass about Paul. As far as being a bad, you know, tough guy and all this, that. He's a nice little sweet guy. There's nothing badass about him. You're not a fucking biker. You're not this. Yeah, you're cussing as Hells Angels, whatever. But that's your cuss, it's not you. But you and. It's, it's one of those you get that. I was young, I had a rep, a rep for being a stereotypical fucking drummer. Nutcase, crazy, partier. Yeah. I've just, you know, nothing was on limits. And it was true. I was like that, but I changed. Yeah. At some point, I realized, well, I wonder how many fucking pay periods I'm going to go without a check because they're still recovering. They're still taking money out. They're still taking any money I get to pay for fucking hotels over destroyed. I mean, how many rooms are you going to trash and pay for? before you realize yeah. there's got to be a better way there's got to be something that's just as fun but doesn't fucking cost me every dime I ever make right at some point you think this ain't cool anymore because it, it's actually it's costing me fucking something it's not just a hangover it's literally costing me every, yeah. you know that any dime I make goes to repay shit I ruined the same with, with drugs how many times you gonna ruin and lose your voice and get a reputation the people won't fucking book you because if you did too much coke the last couple of days you're gonna get up and three, three songs into you said you can't sing you sound like a frog on fucking acid because <laughs> your voice is gone how many times are you gonna go through that before somebody or even yourself say I gotta figure something out I gotta do something different here and to me he never did because I think somewhere he might have liked the reputation kind of thing because I didn't mind being called a fucking crazy motherfucker. I mean, SID is an acronym for Seriously Insane Dane and it was well earned. <laughs> There's a reason why Gustafson actually was the one who came up with that when I joined Overkill, but there's a reason for that. Not kind of proud of it. It was cool. I thought it was cool. Yeah, yeah, I, I look at my, yeah, I'm kind of pretty stupid at times. You know, but at some point you, you get to yeah you know it's kind of not that cool anymore you know there's more to me than just that whereas I don't know if that's the case with him I mean 
some of the old guys from Basel talked about it once in a while. Just said it's it's like he's fucking you know fertilizing and growing it because that's what he wants people to think. Because we know him from would you sit and having a burger or bullshit and listening to him songs. No, you're not like that. Yeah, you're actually a nice guy. Why do you want people <laughs> to think you're you're a badass? You can be badass one stage, sing like a badass motherfucker. That you're not a badass guy. Why do you want that? <laughs> you know, and that's what to me it seems like. I could be wrong. You know, I could say a lot of things I won't say in, because I don't want it to come out. Because I'm, I'm not, I'm not into that. I'm, not, I'm really not. That's the past. It was a big part of my past. You know. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. It helped me along the way. I learned something. I did a lot of shit I shouldn't have done, but because I did a lot of shit I shouldn't have done, I learned not to do it again. <laughs> Thanks, right? Yeah. Yeah. Me, it, I never wanted to come to America as far as music. Well, if I hadn't been in battle zone, I probably wouldn't have been on a U.S. tour and just called all of back in England and said, fuck, I'm gone, done. <laughs> Soon that last day, you ain't gonna see my ass for shoe soles. I'm gonna haul ass that way. I'm getting away from this. But that led to overkill. So, again, I can't look back at it and say, that was bullshit. It, everything is a step on the way. Yeah. It's what you do with that step if you learn to take the next step or appreciate the previous step. And I don't think he did. Because, I, as I said, I've never seen anybody get that many second chances. How can you still be? How can you still be in the news thirty yeah. years later? Yeah. yeah, you did one full length album, right? <laughs> yeah. One, two EPs or something like that. Yeah. How can you live off that and actually still make probably somehow make money off it? That's your claim to fame. Mm, yeah. <laughs> how? How? For that matter, why am I still relevant? Because I did three albums with Overkill? Cool. They're great albums. They're big albums. That was what? Last one was released 24 years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Power of music. Right? Yeah. It, it yeah, is. And, and it's, it's really fucking creepy. You know? Not creepy. It's really... <clears throat> well, it's humbling. But it's also really... A, it's, it's scary. You know what I'm saying? Because you, you realize... It, People fucking remember, you know, whether they care or not. It don't matter. They remember. Yeah. You know, luckily I haven't made that many, especially musically. I don't think I've made any missteps, personally, of course. But you make them. They remember shit that they like. They remember shit that you. Yeah, people don't forget. No, they don't. Especially <laughs> this type of music, man. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It it really is. We love our metal. Well, it is what they say, you know. You know, it's there. It it and I was unfair. I used to say it was just pertaining to Europeans. You know, if you if somebody in Europe liked you, they're a fan for life. Yeah. I mean, there's there's people from that was with Overkill from the first fucking EP that mm -hmm. still every time they they, they take vacations and, and trek through Europe with Overkill. You know, they have they call skull crushes. They have fucking worldwide chapters. Yeah, and they're our age. Yeah, they overkill comes. They they they're just like it's a family camping trip. 
including the guys. I mean, they, you know, it was like that when I was reading. It still is that way for them. They they hang with them. They they're they're not. Here's the band. Here's the fans. And they just fucking hang. Yeah. Type of deal, right? Yeah. But what other kind of music could you see that? Yeah, I know. You're not gonna. Yeah, you, you don't see that for you know pop or something. No, <laughs> because of the nature that there's no staying power with these, yeah. and that's what I'm saying. With well, I'm lucky, I guess, because I don't feel musically I've made any real missteps. But yeah, you know, if I had. They would fucking remember. They remember. They remind you every they, goddamn. They'd, they'd let you know. Oh, good <laughs> lord! I never used to do interviews. Yeah. First of all, I was kind of like, would would be would, along with Didi, we were like, why bother? You got blitz. Yeah. That's what he lives for. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah. He's amazing at it. Yeah. It's it's. Yeah, I mean, he, he's hilarious. He's hilarious. He's yeah. he's. Exceptionally clever. Yeah, he's a very smart person, and he's very articulate, very intelligent. But he's never boring, and he's never comes across. I mean, it's really rare you see Blitz if you watch an interview. It's very rare you see him negative in any way. Mm-hmm. Even if it's a negative subject, he'll put it across to where he's just every. He'll make you feel like you know this dude for your whole life. Yeah, even if you only met him five minutes ago. You know, and we were like, "Why bother?" Yeah, we go over here and fucking play Nintendo or something, or watch movies, drink beer, whatever. And and then and then like, I was always too like, and then that's kind of an attitude I got from uh, from Dean. It's like, who the fuck want to hear what I have to say? Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. I ain't got nothing. I mean, I, I can rant for hours without saying anything, just because I might have. Something opinion. I, I've got a million opinions. Yeah. Most of them don't coincide with most other people's. And the bad thing is, I'm very free about saying them, yeah. stating them. You know. Yeah. But in general, I don't really got anything people really want to hear. Yeah. You know. But now with this, and I keep telling Steph, you know, anything, make Bob do it. Get Bob to do it. <laughs> and he's like, they, yo, they want to talk to you. Said, you do it. You do it. You can. And, and, and I always like, well, I mean, I don't know if I'm somewhere I got sick now. Yeah. I'm in a different place every day. I mean, yeah. You just, uh, well, you do it. Yeah. <laughs> We've done a few together. It was really fun. That's cool. And, and, and uh, so I'm not used to interviews. I don't. Blitz is an old dog. He knows the game. But I have learned what people. Most people want to know the same things. Yeah. Overkill. They want to know <laughs> yeah. about what you're doing now. Yeah. Some want to know stuff where you just go, ah, it's, we're not going there. Yeah. That's personal. Uh, and but in general, after about a hundred, you kind of figure out, okay. You know. Yeah. Sometimes somebody throws something out that you go, you're the first they ever asked that. I yeah. don't have an answer because I never thought about that. Yeah. Luckily, I have only had that once. Yeah, you know, but <laughs> I, 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 if you don't ask me questions, I'm gonna talk. Yeah, and I'm just gonna talk about what everybody else in the past have asked me. Yeah, you know, so yeah. something specific you gotta ask because otherwise I'm. Yeah, it's, and it's not a script. Oh know? yeah, no, it's not thought out. <clears throat> it's just you know. Yeah, 
One thing I did want to ask is probably last thing. Uh, how did you go from Denmark to New York and Overkill to Tulsa? Oh, <laughs> from uh, a broken arrow. <laughs> well, I mean, I was in a lot of bands in Denmark. Well, actually, not a lot. I was in a few. Uh, was, I, I don't know how much you know about Denmark. It's super small. Mm-hmm. S- size of state of Connecticut. Yeah. I think population is five million people. Mm-hmm. So needless to say, it's in oh, it's Scandinavia. So uh, there's not a lot of opportunity. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you musically, yeah. Well, there's music, yeah. it's a big thing, but you're not. It's not centered around <laughs> making a living off it or do it for real, yeah. you know, unless you want to play pop. Yeah, top forty. You know, you can, you probably do really well in Denmark and someone Scandinavia especially but otherwise you're not gonna you're not really gonna fucking go anywhere <laughs> so I've been in a few bands in Denmark uh, Pentagon uh, Network a few of them and for Danish standards they're big they were known in Europe mm-hmm. in, in Scandinavia and yet we never released an official album wow which is really strange right yeah. I mean we had we did record a full length album uh, for Poly, uh, Polygram, Polydor was going to do it and they shelved it because mm. they're like, we have n- no idea how to do anything <laughs> with this. We have no idea how to promote it. Yeah. So the only thing from Denmark at that time that was heavy was uh, Merciful Fate, mm. King Diamond. Yeah. Yeah. And they were really not marketed from Denmark because they weren't signed in Denmark. So that was you you wanted to do music you got you had to go somewhere mm-hmm. so i went to england and i never had i i was way more into british metal than american i thought uh, american yeah. metal was way too sterile yeah. it was too clean you know to, to not just writing wise as far as being commercial commercial is cool it's, everybody treats the word commercial as it's negative well it's a good word it means you're selling yeah it's sellable it's marketable it's what you want uh, but it the, the it was so clean and sterile, you know, and whereas English metal was more dirty and gruff, you know, mm-hmm. like you had Ravens, Motorhead, yeah. that type of yeah. shit, right? Yeah. So that's where I went. That's where I wanted to go, and that's I, I was there. My brother lived there, and I was there two or three weeks. And I hooked up with Diana in '84, mm-hmm. you know, and I was left once, went back to Denmark for a little bit. And call me, they call me up like after two months. Hey, because because of the the band Diana, the AOR, you know, and it was just like, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna be with somebody who can't make their mind up, but they want to be fucking Steve Perry, so they want to be fucking <laughs> Lemmy. You're gonna yeah. make your mind up, you know, because <laughs> you're you're not doing this part of the, your career any service. You're not doing your top forty part. You know, the guys you're. You have management record companies that are paying bills for not. You're not doing them any favors because yeah. you're not in it in your heart. Yeah. You're, you're doing it just because you thought you could make something out of it by yeah. being different. <laughs> you know, you you went from Iron Maiden to Journey. It's not gonna work that way. <laughs> you finding that, but you need you're not devoted to them, but you're not devoted to Battlezone, yeah. which is the time we weren't called Battlezone. We were called First Strike mm-hmm. or Striker, something weird. Uh, so I went back to Denmark and they called me up two months, John Hurley, the guitar player called. 
he, he actually John Hurley was able the one who founded the band with Paul originally. Mm-hmm. He said, "Hey, Diano's no more. <clears throat> Wanted to come back. So I went back. The rest is almost history. And as I said, I I Paul is a chronological liar. <laughs> okay." <laughs> No interview is the same. No one. You ask three people in a row can answer the same question, or ask the same question, and he'll give three conflicting answers. Wow. And I was just like, I no, this is embarrassing. Wow. So I told management, I said, dude, I, I can't do this no more. Yeah. Musically, it's great. Party-wise, it's fucking amazing. <laughs> You know, yeah. we, we had fucking Hell's Angels suppliers at the studio. Mm-hmm. They're in the fucking pub downstairs selling, fucking coming up with a shopping bag full of gag. You want? There you go. Wow. What, what, what more can you fucking want? You play rock star, right? Yeah. But I said, I, I can't. So I said, U.S. tour's already booked. Please do the U.S. tour and you can leave. That's what happened got uh, from our tour manager with Battlestone here in the States, his name was Rick. I met him the first, you know, 20 minutes after I came into Kennedy Airport. Mm-hmm. He's been my brother since, but he was also tour managing Overkill mm-hmm. and uh, their light designer. So after I left over, uh, after I left Battlezone in 87 after the US tour I kind of floundered for about a year just hung out upstate New York yeah. I, I was hired for uh, something called a slider project yeah. which was a blues slide blues swing slide mm. uh, album by blues New York harp guitar player uh, and, and actually John Gallagher was hired for the album too it was yeah. kind of weird he hired a bunch of metalheads to kind of prove that Middle had its foundation in the blues and yeah bending his his career or whatever on the fact that we, were, <laughs> we would be actually able to go in and play blues songs for him record blues songs with him and we did it was a great album and that's all I did in a year and then uh, Rat had left Overkill yeah and they were using a guy named Mark Archibald to finish out uh, the Taking Over tour yeah. one of the last I don't know how many months and they had auditions and Rick you know they'd been asking about me he told them about me and you know first thing is like dude you can party any on the bar and, and everybody's like yeah but can you play <laughs> and Rick was like who cares he can play yeah he can fucking play you know blah blah and well I got a call in November or something of 87 yeah asked if I wanted to audition and I was like Cool. Realized I didn't have a drum kit. I had a big custom built Ludwig back in England, which we didn't fly over for the tour. Yeah. It'd been too expensive, so there was just drums supplied over here for the tour. Well, I'll come to find out when it was time to get my kit and have it shipped over here. Well, somebody had stolen it. My old Battlezone's old manager and guitar player, not John Hurley, the other guitar player, had taken it and sold it, split the money. So I had to figure that out. I went and auditioned. Uh, I was the last one to audition that day. I'd never played the songs. Just learned them off record. 
I went one afternoon for like two hours over to Elmira, New York, upstate. Mm-hmm. Rob Canavino, who at the time was Bobby Gustafson's guitar player, yeah, or guitar take. Yeah, he had his band with Tim Miller, which was the one who came in after me on drums. It's <laughs> really inbred. <laughs> but they had a band in in, uh, in uh, Elmira. Yeah. And Rick had asked Rob, and because Rob was, was the guitar tech for Gustafson, yeah. he knew the songs enough, right? So he said, hey, I've got a f- Bob from Battlezone, they want to audition him, but he's never played the songs, he don't have drums. Could you come down and spend an hour or two just going over the five songs, and just so he gets to physically actually play them, so just learn arrangements and whatnot. So I did, so I actually jammed like for two hours with Rob, and went back down audition and Eventually said, yeah, there's there's people that knew the songs better. I said, but you have writing credits, you you know, come recommend it, blah blah. And I said, why didn't you know the songs better? I was like, I never played them. <laughs> what do you mean? I never played the song except for like two days before I came down to the city. Yeah. I don't have a drum kit. So, oh, really? You get one? I said, yeah. If you can get me one, I'll get one. <laughs> so that's you know, <laughs> but that's how I got asked to join Overkill. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tulsa. Well, this was under Motorhead, Slayer, Slayer, Motorhead Overkill tour. Yeah, we had we played the fairgrounds. Oh well, yeah. And uh, I think we were here for two days before the show, right around Thanksgiving time. So we were, for some reason, we were booked in a fucking hotel out in what I now know to be Glenpool okay. on the 75. Wow. wow, that's weird. Yeah. That's crazy. It was crazy. So that was where we were hanging, so we got hammered. They had a bar at the hotel, and the <laughs> fucking bar owner close to join down and took us down down to uh, jumping around the strip clubs. Okay. <laughs> fucking met a stripper, hooked up with her. She went out for a couple of days with me and sent her back here, and I came down when that tour was over before we went to Europe. I came down here for like a week. You know, just went to Europe. She moved up to Jersey with me. It didn't work, so I moved down here. So she and I didn't work, but by then, I was, I mean, the first four years I lived here, I probably didn't spend six months total. Yeah. So I didn't know what the fuck it was, but I'd made enough friends that, like, well, I mean, one, yeah. I left Overkill, and one place is good to live is not. I wasn't intending to play again, <laughs> which if I'd been a problem with, I'd stay in New York area, New Jersey, yeah. New York, because it's yeah. that's like Overkill's gods out there. Yeah. That's their home, yeah. sort of, you know. So here, I was like, there's no big deal. Yeah. So I ended up after she and I was finished. I just ended up staying here. Every morning I wake up and go, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck did I do? <laughs> Who did I piss up? What, what, how the fuck did I stay here? <laughs> I'm stuck, you know? Yeah, that's what we're all saying. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, I, that's why I, I know I'm, I'm not gonna... I'm, I'm not gonna offend anybody because you wake up and you go, holy shit, <laughs> yeah. what the fuck did I do? But we can't leave now. We no, it. <laughs> you're, you're too rooted down, yeah, right? Yeah. It's just like, I, I'd love to move back to New York. I miss New York so bad. Not, not just my friends, but... Just the atmosphere, the feel. You yeah. Know. Most most people are non-judgmental. It's you know, mm-hmm. don't really give a fuck about anybody else. Yeah. You know, 
yeah. here is the Ray Dobbison, you know, everybody, you know, oh, like, Jesus, Holy yeah. and I want to fucking say, hey, fuck, fuck off. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No kidding. So, but that's how I ended up in, in Tall Broken Arrow. <laughs> it's just, you know. Right on. All come down some tits and pussy. That's what, uh, that's what you know. Slayer can say devil is the root of all evil. We know it's tits and pussy, man. It's just like, you, you, you get nice tits and a nice ass, and any guy will move anywhere. You go anywhere. Yeah, buddy. Right on. Right on. <laughs> well, thanks, man. This is awesome. Yeah. Appreciate it. All right, there you go. Thanks again to Sid for doing that with us. That was a, a quite a lengthy interview, but we're more than happy that he didn't, you know. He didn't leave anything out. You know? Yeah, so, yeah, totally. He yeah. covered it all. We're, it, was a, it was a total honor to have him under this roof. Yeah. Like I said, we reached out to Sid, and he you know, he said, I'll get back with you when I have time, and he lived up to his word. It wasn't that long. A few days later, he said, hey, I've got time. Let's do this. Yep. Came over and recorded that with us, and more than happy to, to bring this to you. Once again, we got part one up. If this is the first one you listen to, it's got tons more stuff about infectus 13 and overkill and infectus13.com thethunderunderground.com if you want to sponsor us email us if you want to you know whatever go back and listen to all our previous episodes we've had ones with like we said members of battle cross sons of texas caroline spine warrant dead metal society Severmind, like we talked about on the last episode. Driver. Driver, yeah. Rocket Science. Rocket Science, who Sid brought up in the episode, Jana, who worked on... That's right. We yeah. for, I forgot yeah. that he talked about he talked about everything. Yeah. He covered it all, and he got into a little bit of a discussion about uh, Jana and her contributions to the Infectus 13. Yeah, so you can go back and check that out. That's actually like one of our... That was the first uh, guest we had on besides... You know, besides our just, buddies, yeah, yeah, just talking about you know random topics. The first people we interviewed was was Jana and Scott from Rocket Science and Down for Five. So go back and check that out as well. And yep, it's yep. SoundCloud Thunder Dash Underground. Subscribe to it so you don't miss any future episodes. Next week, a few days from now, we'll have one with Scattered Hamlet, which is a pretty good one because it's not just one member or two members of Scattered Hamlet. It's all five of them. All five of them. And it was a, it was a great time. Yeah. So that's a very cool one. If you're if you're into that kind of music, which you should be, I don't know how to describe it. He'll, what do they call it? Honky Tonk Metal? There you go. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Once again, thanks for listening. BeatThunderUnderground.com. And we'll talk to you next time. See you.